We are today at uh, closing uh, our sermon series entitled Pray First, but it's also a closing, but at the same time, a preamble or an introduction to our next series entitled Under Construction. Um, and I tried to uh, finish it today in the Spanish service, so I'll try to do that today. If not, we'll do it next week. Um, and I believe that the Lord is taking us to a level where He wants us to be stronger when it comes to our prayer life. Uh, there are four elements that I would like this church uh, to consider part of the pillars of this church. One is worship, that we become a church of worship. Number two, that we become a church of the word. Number three, that we become a people of love, that we bring, inspire people and love people and give hope to people. And number four, that we may be a people of prayer. I think if we live out these four pillars as believers, we will be a better people and consequently impact the world whereby God has placed us in. So our hearts desire as a church that we may be a people of worship, a people of the word, a people of love, and a people of prayer. And if you were not here last Sunday, uh, you missed out on, uh, which by the way, we have it on podcast, so go to our website and hear the podcasts. Um, we talked about the importance of praying in the Spirit. And when we talk about praying in the Spirit, we're talking about the power that the Holy Spirit gives us when we speak in other tongues, according to the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and the manifestation of that word in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. When we talk about praying in the Spirit, we're talking about speaking in an unknown language. And why is that considered praying in the Spirit? Because it is when you speak in other tongues, your prayer is uninterrupted. Let me explain what I'm trying to say. If I am having a conversation with you in English, first thing that happens is that other people can know what I'm talking to you because they understand my language. And I don't know if you've ever been around people that you are engaging in a conversation with somebody. And in the Hispanic realm, we call this person a presentao. <laughs> Someone who is nosy. And they're not part of the conversation, but they jump in because they're hearing what you're saying. And you tend to say this is an A and B conversation. See your way out. When you pray in the spirit, you're having that dynamic. Because when you pray in your language, whether it's English or Spanish, you have many factors that can interrupt your prayer. For one, yourself. Because when you pray in English, you know what you're praying about. When you're praying out loud in the midst of others, others know what you're praying about. But when you pray in the Spirit, you don't know what you're talking about. So no one can interrupt your prayer because it is direct contact with you and the Holy Spirit. So perfect prayer is when you pray in spirit. Because you're not interrupted by your emotions. You're not interrupted by your feelings. 
You don't waste time praying prayers that your emotions want to pray, but you're praying prayers in the Spirit that connects you to the other side of the natural realm into the Spirit realm. And so that's what we talked about last week, the importance of understanding that speaking, praying in the Spirit is a gift that God gave to the church. You don't speak in tongues because you're more spiritual than the person next to you. But the gift of tongues is a gift God gave to the church. Why? For what purpose? The Bible says, he who speaks in another tongue speaks mystery unto God. Why? Because you don't know what you're talking about. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that when we pray in the Spirit... He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he who, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So when I pray in the Spirit, which is the gift God has given me, I connect myself with God and my spiritual prayer, my praying in the Spirit connects me with God. But today, today I want to talk about praying all prayers. We have been called. When we develop a relationship with the Lord, God challenges us to grow in our prayer life. How many of you guys remember you was five years old? Okay. Remember, remember the, the A, B, C, D. Where's my piano guy? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Every, every y'all know you have the L, P. Remember that one? Every kid don't know how to say elemental P. It's A, B, C, D, E, S, G. A little, a little saliva coming out. H, I, J, K, L, L, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Yam, 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 What am I doing? Lord, have mercy. What am I doing? But, but, but that sounds cute when you're five. But when you're 15 and you're still NLP, that's a problem. That sounds cute when you're five years old, but it don't sound cute when you're 15. Because as you grow, your capacity to communicate has to grow. As you mature, your capacity to engage in conversations needs to mature as well. And so when we grow, listen, the Bible says, if any man, 1 Corinthians, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Somebody say baby. When you came to Jesus, you was born again. And if you're born again, that means you're born new. So there are some things that are acceptable as a newborn believer. But if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian for 5, 10, 15 years, and you're still talking about A, B, C, D, E, N. You got to grow. We got to grow. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I reasoned like a child. And I act like a child. But when I became a man, I left childish things. And I began to communicate in the level of maturity. So, so when you come to Christ... Your maturity is evidenced, somebody Instagrammed this, your maturity is evidenced by your prayer life. 
Your spiritual maturity is evidenced by your prayer life. Your spiritual maturity is evidenced by your prayer life. And God is calling us today to pray all prayers. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. When you read Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 tells you about putting on the whole armor of God. And we all know that verse. And it talks about putting on the shield of faith, right? Putting on the sword of the Spirit, putting on the breastplate of salvation, girding your loins with the truth, right? It talks about putting on all of these stuff. But then he says, he says, all of these things you need in this thing called spiritual warfare. But when you read this verse, this verse tells you how you can effectively utilize the sword, the shield, the helmet, the breastplate, girding your loins, and putting on the shoes of peace. How do you do this? Verse 18 says, look at the screens. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. So what's the message Paul is telling us? As you have the sword of the Spirit, pray always. As you have the shield of faith, pray always. As you, as you have the helmet of salvation, pray. Because the power of all of these tools is anchored in your walk with God as a result of prayer. What good is it to have a sword if you don't know how to use it? What good is it to have a shield if you don't know how to protect yourself? You have to have these armaments. You have to have these weapons. But you have to have it praying in the Spirit on all occasions. You know what that means? Praying in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Now, what is the Lord telling us this morning? The Lord is calling us to be a people of prayer 24-7. You're called to pray 24-7. You know, sometimes we think that deep prayers is the end result of physical manifestation. You know, we think that God has to hear your prayer if you scream loud. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because that's the prayer God hears. We feel that the more I get down on my knees and pray, mm, that God has to hear my... And, and we feel that if I squinch my eyes tight enough, have you ever seen people pray and their, their eyes are so tight, you see veins popping out of here? And, why, and you're like, wow, he can pray. Look how tight his eyes are. Look at, look at his veins. Because we think that effective prayer is, 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 is having your eyes closed. Effective prayer is the end result of how you throw yourself before the Lord. But let me tell you, when I look at the Bible, Jesus only prayed on his knees once. And you know what it was? When he went to Gethsemane, right before they captured him and crucified him. But outside of that prayer, Jesus did in Gethsemane. Jesus never prayed on his knees. Well, at least the Bible don't show it. Remember the story of Lazarus when he was dead? The Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus went before the tomb of Lazarus, and the Bible says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and prayed. We think powerful prayers with your eyes closed. Oh, veins popping out. Oh. Jesus opened his eyes, lifted up his eyes, and prayed to the Father, and the dead man came walking. 
Jesus was in the middle of a boat with his eyes open, and he prayed a prayer. Shh, be still. Because, because the power of the prayer is not in the mechanics of prayer. The power of prayer is in the relationship with prayer. And if you, you can get on your knees and do the whole... And do it in the name of Mary, in the name of Mark, in the name of Martha. But, but let me tell you, what moves the heart of God is when you can take a lifestyle of prayer beyond mechanics, understanding that God wants you to pray all prayers. Now, 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 forget about point. But we're living in a generation that we're more focused on praise and worship than we are prayer. Matter of fact, some of y'all got your ringers on your phone. If I call you, you got a worship song on there. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. And you don't pick up the phone because you're receiving it in the spirit. Pick up the phone for the love of God. <laughs> pick up the phone. Okay? People, 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 we're living in a generation where we are more into praise and worship and very little into prayer. One of the things I told my wife, when I pray, not, you know, I'm in this thing now that I don't pray no more to English and Spanish music. I pray now, when I pray, the music I hear is uh, 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 Portuguese music. Yeah. Sergio, yeah, I'm into Portuguese now, yeah. And, and, and the reason why is because I, I started realizing that something that when I would start praying and I would start hearing all these songs we sing and, and I put the CD, you know, because it's good to pray with music, right? It's good. It just creates an atmosphere of worship. But I started realizing that every time I put a, a, a music thing to play in the iPod and in the iPad and I would start praying, I will start praying, but by the time I pray, I'm singing with the CD. And I was 20 minutes talking about, into your deepest part, the comforters come. <laughs> and, I, and I was on my knees for 30 minutes singing, and I never prayed. And so just because you're on your knees 30 minutes, that don't mean you're praying. So you know what I did? I said, you know what? I need to change this stuff because I don't want to fall in the trap of being a worshiping pastor and not being a, pa a praying pastor. So what I did was, I said, you know what? I need to buy me some music that my spirit can perceive as connecting with God. But I don't want to focus my prayer life singing Marcus Widow, singing Hillsong, and singing Elevation, and singing. I want to focus on talking to God, and I don't want to be distracted by a song. I want the music to help me engage in a conversation with the Lord. And let me tell you, my prayer life has grown. I mean, I'm in my car, and I'm like, and I'm putting my music, and my wife's like, what is, she, what is he doing, Lord Jesus? That, that, that's how I connect with God. Because I don't want to do the prayer and not pray. So, so, uh, so, but we're living in a generation that we're more focused on praise and very little on prayer. But here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The Bible says that we are called to pray always. We're called to be praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How do you pray always if you only know one prayer? And most of the prayers we pray is, Lord, kill her. Lord, hit her with a truck. Lord, I can't stand him. Lord, Lord, get him away. Lord, I pray he loses his job. Lord, hit him with a car. We need to pray. See, in order to pray always, we need to pray all prayers. In order to pray always, because how many I know 
Some of y'all pray all your prayers in two minutes. And you're like, okay, what do I say, Lord? I don't know what to say. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. What do you say? But when you understand the diversification of prayer, you understand that there's more to prayer than praying your prayer. That's what the Bible says. We need to pray all prayer. What does that mean? That means that there is more than one kind of prayer. And mature believers pray all prayers. Now, we have different types of prayer. And one day, one, one of these days, I'm going to do a series on the types of prayer. Because if I start getting into each type of prayer one by one, I will never finish. One of them is what we call, when we pray, we call spiritual warfare. You ever heard of that? Spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is when you put that, that, that face like you smell vomit, like mm, that ugly face, you know. Why when people pray they put ugly faces? It's like they're fighting demons or something. Warfare, warfare, spiritual warfare is when you understand that your prayer is the door between the antagonistic world of the enemy. Because just like there's a world in God of grace and power and, and blessing, there's a world in the enemy that's full of darkness and, and the devil's destruction. So when you do spiritual warfare, you're standing in between the gap between the people and the enemy. So you are, you are on battle fighting and fighting. And I believe that the church needs to understand that, yes, Praying that prayer of warfare is important, but you know what? You can't just pray spiritual warfare prayer. You can't be in fighting mode every day, is what I'm trying to say. You're fighting everybody. Devil's alive. Chill, chill. And we'll talk about that one day. Spiritual, it's a powerful prayer. Powerful prayer. Another prayer is intercession. And some of us, we don't know how to pray more than five minutes because all we're praying, God, I want a car, I want a house, I want a man, I want it to be nice and good looking, I want a girl, I, you know, Lord, Lord, I don't want my head to fall. We were praying. And when we run out of the pray, praying the things we want to pray because we don't know the other areas of prayer, we get stuck. But I want to let you know that intercession is prayer. What is interceding? Praying for other people. Praying for other people is important. Another type of prayer is the prayer that where you bind and you lose things. The Bible says whatever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever is loose in heaven shall be loose in earth. But let me tell you, there are other types of prayer as well, not just those three. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, we have this thing called the prayer of agreement. That's a powerful prayer. Oh, my God, I wish I could preach that today. Then you have another one called the prayer of faith. Prayer, not prayer of desperation. Not the prayer you do when your bill is due tomorrow at midnight and you only got $5 in your pocket. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. I'm talking about the prayer of faith. Then you have another one in Luke chapter 22 called the prayer of consecration and dedication. That you consecrate your life before the Lord. You dedicate your family before the Lord. You dedicate the things God gives you. And that's a prayer. And then in Luke chapter 18, verse 43, you have the prayer of praise. Check it out. The prayer of praise and worship. You're not just praising and worship. There's a prayer to that. And one day I will preach that to the glory of God. However, today, I'm going to talk about a prayer that many people don't like to pray. We don't like to pray this one. Some of y'all are going to be quiet from this moment on, and that's all good. 
Check this out. We're, we're talking about praying all prayers. And I said that your spiritual maturity has to do with your life of prayer. Here's the prayer I'm going to talk about today. The Bible talks about praying the prayer of those to pray for those that despitefully abuse you. Praying for those that despitefully use you. That's a prayer. You know what? Many of us, we are experts, listen to me, in praying about people. And we suck at praying for people. We're good to pray about people, about people's faults, about people's weaknesses, about people's shortcomings. But God wants to take us to a level where we don't pray about people. He wants to take us to a level where we pray for people. Why is that important? Because when you begin to pray for people, here's what happens. You begin to understand that person. A person you don't understand is a person you're not praying for, you're praying about. Oh, Lord, look at that hoochie, Lord. Lord, Lord, do you think with that hoochie, Lord? I don't want to hold my kids, Lord. You know, Lord, 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 get away, Lord. Lord, um, look at that guy. God, he, he's the player, Lord. He, he, you know, I remember him in the club 30 years ago. No, no, no. Well, you're praying about them. But when you pray for them, listen, it's hard for anyone to dislike somebody you understand. It's hard. When you understand someone, you become sensitive to them. Why? Because you know who they really are. Have you ever made some, have you ever been around somebody that's something stupid and everybody's mad at them? You're like, that's not really him. It's not really him. It's, you got to understand what happens. He's a nice guy. When you understand somebody and you pray for somebody, you know the real them. You know what I'm saying? And just say so, like, no, it's not, come on, it's not really her, man. If, if you knew her heart and, and you know, you know, her, 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 her good attitude, you just know, you know she's just going through something. She's going through a little phase. She's going through a little problem right now. But, 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 but give a couple of months, you know, that's not really her. When you have the spirit of praying for people, here's what a praying for people prayer sounds like. You'll say something like, Lord, help Robert. I know he's difficult, God. But, but, but I know he's just been hurt so long and he's been abused so long. And, and so, God, all I ask you is to help me to understand him. Help me to love him. Give me an opportunity to show him your love. That's praying for people. And many times we pray about people and we don't pray for people. So to understand someone, you need to pray for that person and not pray about that person. Got to pray. If you realize, if you realize, Jesus lived out a life of prayer so much so that his disciples told him, Master, teach us how to pray. They didn't ask him, teach us how to walk on water, teach us how to heal the sick. Teach us how to cast out devils. What they asked Jesus to teach him was, teach us how to pray. Because your prayer life is going to manifest your spiritual maturity. When you are a person of prayer, you don't quiver in the middle of a storm. When you're a person of prayer, 
you don't make impulsive decisions out of temporary circumstances. When you are a person of prayer, your boat could be rocking left and right, and your homeboys called disciples could be going crazy and screaming, talking about, Master, can't you see we're going to die? But when you become a man of prayer, you don't get desperate. You just walk as cool as a cucumber, and you get to the tip of the boat, and in the middle of chaos, you say, peace, be still. But when you're not a person of prayer, you run and jump and shake and move because prayer is the stability that gives you the assurance to say, I just spoke to Jesus this morning and he's in control of my life and can nothing happen in my life without his permission. Your prayer life is the gauge of your spiritual maturity. Not how many verses you know in the Bible. Because you don't know more Bible than the devil, and the devil is going to hell. Now, I know Greek. I don't care if you know Mandarin. If you don't have a relationship with God, and if you don't intensify your walk with God through prayer, I am here to tell you, you are a weak Christian, you are a weak believer, but when you start praying with God and you start taking your life of prayer to another dimension and you start singing less and talking more and you start focusing, let me start focusing more on God in your prayer and you start fortifying your prayer life, I promise you, church, you're gonna go to another dimension. But let me tell you, can I tell you people that don't pray? Can I tell can, can I can I tell you people that don't pray? Can I tell you? Somebody say yeah. Some of y'all, some of y'all profiles on Facebook. I wish that, that, you know, your status, I wish that while you're typing your status, I could come out of the screen and choke you by the neck <laughs> and bind the devil in your head. I'm so depressed today. And then you put that dumb emoji. Life is not good today. And, and, if only the Lord could fight my battles today and, 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 and everything you post. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, why? And some of y'all, some of y'all are bipolar. Because today I'm depressed. I'm not, and then tomorrow, all is good. God is great. Everything is good. And then the next day, I want to kill him. Lord. I want to stab him. Lord. I'm like, well, what is this? And, and then the crazy thing is that you wait for people to comment on your status. And based on what they tell you, makes you feel better. But when you are a praying person, you don't need to post to nobody so somebody can tell you. When you're a man of prayer, you take that before the Lord and you get down with God. And you don't need to tell the world what you and God are talking about. Because when you are a man of prayer, God is the only one that needs to know what you're going through. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, what, what is this person? Listen, if some of y'all prayed as much as you post. <laughs> if some of us prayed as much as we post, you would be walking on water, casting out devils, <laughs> healing the sick. So how do I pray? We got to pray all prayers. How do I do it? How do I pray all prayers? How do you all pray? Philippians chapter 4 tells us, 
Verse 6. He says, do not be anxious about nothing, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Listen, when you pray, that doesn't mean God's going to answer you and give you the answer right there and then. What the Bible guarantees you, based on Philippians, he says, you're going to pray every prayer, every situation, with prayer, petition, and with thanksgiving. And as you do that, the Bible don't says, and God's going to answer it. And the man's going to come, come, come down in a cloud, he's going to marry you in two weeks. That's all the Bible says. The only thing the Bible says is that God promises to give you peace. And even though you don't got what you want, you got the peace to not go crazy in the midst of what you're waiting for. God says, if you have a relationship with me in prayer, it might not come when you want it, but in the process, you got the peace that surpasses all understanding. And what you're going to do, you're going to pray every prayer. You're going to pray with petitions, but you're going to give me thanks even though you don't got it yet. And that thanksgiving is going to usher you to go to the realm of having peace in the midst of your process. So the pattern of praying for Philippians chapter 4, 6, 7 is pray first. Prayer is not the thing you do after you make a mess out of yourself. Prayer is the thing you do before you make a mess. Oh, Lord, look at my husband, God, please change him. But you, you should have prayed before you married him. Oh, Lord, look at this job, God, Lord, I can't take it. But, 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 but you had a good job and you left it for more money. Let, let, let me, let, can, can, I, can I say something? Can I say something? Listen, some things you can't get with money. Don't make decisions over money. Uh-uh. Now, Pastor, I'm moving because I'm getting me more money, Pastor. I'm moving on up, moving on up to the east side, east side. And you're going to fall off the east and capitulate. <laughs> Some things you cannot equate in dollars and cents. You got to equate things under the will of God. Is this God's will for me? Because you can make $50,000 more a year and go broke and go crazy and not sleep and work 80 hours a week, but you can make your $40 an hour. No, good God Almighty. Your $12 an hour and have peace. And God make a way every week. And on your way to work, you stumble into a blessing. Listen, some things you cannot equate with dollars and cents. But that's why when you have a relationship with God, God is going to order your steps. He's going to guide your path. And as you're praying all prayers, God's going to make a way for you. The pattern of prayer is prayer, petition, thanksgiving. And what God is telling you in this verse is, I want you to start thinking of me for stuff that hasn't happened yet. And praise me until it happens. So every time you pray, listen to me. Praise is not the first thing you do when you pray. Praise is the last thing you do before you pray, after you pray. After you pray, and then, then you have some church. And you sing, thank you, Jesus, because you're making a way, and I believe it. And I bless you, Lord, because everything I cried unto you, Lord, ain't going to no deaf ears. Everything I prayed is going to happen. And then you start praising God and praising God, and you seal it with a praise, and then you walk out that prayer closet in peace. Victory is mine. God's going to give me my blessing. 
I'm healing my body. I'm blessing the soul because you gave God the praise because you prayed all prayers in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Now, what's the consequence of praying this prayer? Verse 7 says, peace. Peace. It will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And we have to be the type of believers. Listen to me. We have to be the type of believers that we no longer pray. Prayers from the outside in, but that we pray prayers from the inside out. Let me explain what prayer from the outside is. There are people that only pray when something in the outside happens in the environment that causes them to pray. Oh, God, I'm about to get fired, Lord. Have your way. That's outside stuff. Oh, Lord, oh, God, my enemies. Outside prayer is when things happen in your environment and then that leads you to pray to God. God don't want us to be outside in prayers. God wants us to be the people that pray from the inside out. That I'm going to pray to God, not because my environment demands a prayer, but because my relationship with God is so, is so in tune with God that even if everything is good, I'm still going to pray. That even if I ain't got no problems, I'm still, you know that people only pray because they got a problem? You know that? Don't, don't look at your neighbor because it's probably him. And some of them are so lazy, they, don't, they want me to pray for your prayer. Pastor, can you pray for me? God has given you an opportunity to pray for yourself, and you want to put that load on me. You got to pray. Listen, listen, and, and there's nothing wrong with asking for prayer because we got prayer cards. But what I'm saying is don't put that prayer on the prayer card. Talk about I'm done. I did my job. No, no, no. I'm going to pray for you, but while I'm praying for you, pray for yourself. Believe for yourself. Fight for yourself. But, but prayer from the outside in is circumstantial prayer. But prayer from the inside out is relational prayer. I'm praying because every time I pray, I grow in the Lord. Every time I pray, my spirit grows. Every time I pray, I mature in Christ. Now, why is that important? And I'm going to close and I'll bridge this next week. Because I told you that the prayer God wants us to pray is to pray for those that despitefully use us. And let me tell you, can I be honest? Some people, you just want God to, you pray God kill them. Have you ever prayed that before? Lord, hit him with a truck. Lord, Lord, let a refrigerator fall on her, Lord. Please, Lord. <laughs> but, 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 but here's, here's the deal with that. When you pray, when you pray for others, you have to pray for others this prayer. Lord. Help me understand the person who is hurting me. Help me understand. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, some of the people that hurt you, and I'll talk about this next Sunday, some of the people that hurt you, hurt you because they're hurt. Some of the people that do us wrong, they do us wrong because they, they've been done wrong. And you could only give what you got. So instead of praying God kill them, 
God, help me understand him. If we don't pray this prayer, and you have issues and unresolved issues with people, and you don't pray this prayer, God can't hear your prayers. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, if you're coming to the altar, Jesus said, if you're coming to the altar, and you know that your brother did something to you, not you, not you did something to your brother, your brother did something to you. He says, before you worship me with the offering, put it in your chair. Ah, it's crazy. He says, you apologize. Time out, but he did me wrong. Jesus says, if you know they did you wrong, and right before you come, Jesus is alive and well, right before you do that, if you know somebody in the church did you wrong, he says, what you have to do is go up to that person, oh my goodness, this is crazy, and tell them, yeah, you did that to me, yeah, that's right, you did that to me. No, no, Jesus says, check this out, he says, tell that person, I'm sorry. Not, 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 not tell that person, you did me wrong. You hurt me. I want you to know that I'm mad at you and I forgive you. <laughs> Jesus says, none of that. Just say, I'm sorry. But Jesus, that's, 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 that's cool for you to say, right? But you're not in my shoes. Oh, yes, he was. It, at the, listen, listen. If you don't solve forgiving people, God won't hear none of your prayers. None of your prayers. Did you know that at the cross, Jesus said seven phrases, right? Seven phrases. You know what was the first one he said? Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus understood us. He was like, God, these people that put me on the cross, will you kill them and hit them with fire? No, 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 no. Jesus understood us. And he said, Father, forgive them. Now, why was that Jesus' first phrase on the cross? Which, by the way, was a prayer. At the cross, Jesus prayed five prayers. But he couldn't pray any prayer until he dealt with the prayer of forgiveness first. If you don't get yourself right and forgive and pray forgiveness, anything else you pray ain't going to happen. He couldn't pray, Eli, Eli, Laba Sabachthani. He couldn't pray that. He couldn't pray, into the hands I commit my spirit. He couldn't pray. None of those prayers until he dealt with forgiving first. But we can fall in the trap of thinking that because I get on my knees and pray, that I'm praying. Remember the, 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 the story of Cain and Abel? Remember that story? Cain killed his brother Abel, jealous, angry. Killed, dude killed his brother. Like, who does that? Killed his brother with a rock. 
And look what happens. Look what happens. After he kills his brother, what is prayer? Prayer is talking with God, right? That's what prayer is. After he kills his brother, God is talking with Abel, with Cain. And he says, hey, Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He's praying because he's talking with God. How is it possible that Cain had an opportunity in prayer to get his life right? He had an opportunity to get his life right because he's talking to God. He's in communication. He's talking. He's in prayer. God is asking him questions. But he was so caught up in how he felt that even in his prayers, he missed his moment. He missed his moment. And some of us, we are praying the prayer and we're doing the mechanics of praying and, and our, our self-esteem feels gratified because we were there for 30 minutes on our knees. But if you have not resolved in your heart to forgive, God says, I don't hear your prayer. Because every prayer without love the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, he says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, right, and I don't have love, he says, I am a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. Let me, let me interpret that. John, somebody get on the drums. Somebody get on the drums. Somebody get on the drums. He says, wait, hold on. He says, if I pray and speak in tongues of men and angels, and I have the faith to move mountains, and I have the faith to give my body and put it on fire for the cause, if I do all of that and I don't have love, he says, I am a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. And that means that. Play, play, play like you're hitting it, like you're angry at it. When you pray, keep on, keep on. When you pray without love, what's coming out of your mouth, that's what God hears. Noise. Noise. So you feel, oh, yeah, but I prayed 30 minutes. I'm good. Yeah, devil is mine. No, no. God is hearing noise. Because prayer... Praying all prayer requires you to pray the prayer of forgiveness. Listen, I could write a book on not wanting. It, let me tell you, if I were to write a book on reasons why not to forgive by Pastor Gabby, I think I'll have to, I, I think, I, I think I have to write 40 volumes. Reasons why not to love, why not to forgive. But you know, you, 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 you know, you know where, you know where my maturity in Christ shows is in those moments. It's in those moments when, when, when you want to pray the consuming fire and kill him, Lord, prayer to Lord, help me understand him, that he's hurting me because he's hurt. Help me to understand her because she's, she's, she's defaming my integrity because she's in pain. 
So now I'm not praying for God to consume. I'm praying God to help me understand. That takes maturity. And that's a hard prayer. That's a hard prayer. Lord, Lord, help me forgive her and understand her. And that's why, that's why my next series is going to be under construction. Because some of us, we have not been able to grow because we feel that if I just hurt her back, I dealt with it. But this is mental. It's a mental battle. Let me tell you, to do right, it starts here and here. And so next week, next week, I'm going to talk about, because some of us, you know, you know, you know, some of us, some of us, some of us, we're so insensitive to people. We see somebody in the church that acts crazy or, and we all tend to point the finger, but you don't know what that person is going, going through. You don't know that person. Man, that hoochie. But you don't know if he was raped. Look at that liar, but you don't know who deceived them. You don't know. So, so we need to have an understanding heart. We need to have an understanding heart. And that's, my friend, is spirituality. It's not a tie in your neck and a Bible in your armpit. It's, 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 it's having the capacity to understand the weaknesses of people because at the end of the day, you're weak too. Let me, let me, let me just say this. Say this. I told God in prayer, we're leaving. We're leaving. Guys, we're going to have to wrap up and pack up real quick so the whole church can help me pack up. We got to go. But li listen. I told God one time when we started this church, I said, God, I want all kinds of people. I want the people that nobody wants. I want the homeless. I want the rejects. I want the alcoholics. I want the drug addicts. I, Lord, I want them all. And I want to help them to become like you. That's it. And you know what God started doing? He started bringing homeless, alcoholics, drug addicts of all walks of life. But you know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? That some of us, we're good at judging people. Pastor, there's a lot of homosexuals coming in the church, Pastor. Mm-mm. lesbians in the church, Pastor. Who said that your sin is not bigger than theirs? The problem with Christianity is that we judge people by what we see. But God doesn't judge this. God judges this. And, 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 and I was telling the board, the, the, the board of the church one day, a couple of weeks ago, I say, I wish God would give us the capacity to see everybody's faults on a Sunday. Because there's some people that they're so evil yes. underneath their flesh, yes. but we disguise it so nice. And then you have someone who has a, a visible struggle and we judge. We judge. How dare you judge a person struggling with homosexuality? How dare you? 
How dare you? How dare you judge someone struggling with their identity, sexual preference? How dare you? They're struggling. Just the way you struggle and you lie and you cheat and you do whatever you do in your computer by yourself at night. That's why Jesus, that's why Jesus, check this out. Jesus, when he picked his 12, he didn't go to the Pharisee. He didn't go to Sanhedrin. He didn't go to the temple. He went to the streets. He got, he got hoodlums. He got rug rats who everybody knew their business. Because the worst thing to work is with people that are fakers. Fakers. So in this church, I don't know any other church. In this church. We're going to love everybody. Yes. The same way we love you. Everybody. We have to love everybody. And no one should feel like a stepchild in the house of God because they're dealing with a struggle. Nobody. Pastor, he's too, he talks too loud. He's, he disrupts the service. Love, Pastor, shut him up. You don't know his how. You don't know his how. So before you critique the brother, pray for the brother. That's praying in the spirit. That's, that's praying all prayers. And when, and when you do that, when we do that, you know what we become? And this is going to sound like heresy, but it's not because it's in the Bible. We become little gods to people. Because they see God in us. So, so let's pray all prayers. Don't just pray, Lord, bless me. Give me a house. Give me a car. I want a man. I want a woman. Don't pray that prayer. That's, that's self-centered, egocentristic prayers. God is sick of that junk. John 15. John 15. John, read John 15. Can you read John 15 this week? G, one of Jesus' most quintessential prayers. He said, Father, let them be one. His prayer was all about them. Let them be one, even as I and you are one. Lord, I pray for them, that you keep them, that you guard them, that you protect them. They are in the world, but they're not from the world. That's what Jesus prayed in John 15. For them. Praying all prayers. And next week, I, I want you to come. Because we're going to talk about this. And we're going to understand why angry people are angry. You want to know why angry people are angry? Come next week. Why people are evil? Why are they bitter all the time? Have you ever seen people bitter all the time? Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm all right. <laughs> Can I love you today? Step back. I'm punching your face. There's a reason behind that. There's a reason behind that. So we have to pray our prayers. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, help us to be a praying church. We want to worship you. We want to read your word. We want to love people, but we want to pray. So, Father, I pray that as we endeavor, Lord, to become people of prayer, that you would help us, help us to pray what you would pray for. Help us to pray what you would pray for, Lord.